Hello, and welcome to the Guilt, Grace, Gratitude podcast. This is one of your co-hosts, Peter Bell, and we are on Catechism Thursday, Lord's Day number 24. And I know this has been a slightly weird week for scheduling, but if you guys have not yet listened to Monday's podcast with Dr. Brad Bittner on Paul's Epistles and the Book Club episode with Dr. Matthew Barrett on his brand new book, Simply Trinity, please pause this. Listen to those episodes, and we'll start with Catechism for today, Saturday, for Lord's Day number 24. So we have question and answers 62 to 64. Question and answer 62. But why can our good works not be our righteousness before God, or at least a part of it? And the answer, because the righteousness which can stand before God's judgment must be absolutely perfect and in complete agreement with the law of God. Whereas even our best works in this life are all imperfect and defiled with sin. And here's Ursinus's exposition. And so Ursinus moves through the doctrine of justification, and these three questions refutes the false doctrine of the papists, the Roman Catholic Church, according to which we are justified by works or partly by faith and partly by works, and he'll explain that as we go along. So he says the first reason why we can't, by, why we can't be justifi justified by our works is because our righteousness would be imperfect inasmuch as our works are imperfect. And also because if our works were even perfect, yet they are still due from us and cannot acquit us or make amends for past delinquencies. And he also says, because our good works are not of us, but of God who works them in us. Because they are temporal and bear no proportion to eternal rewards. Because they are the effects and not the cause of our justification. Because if we could be uh, justified by our works, we would then have room to boast. Because our conscience would be deprived of true peace and comfort. Because Christ would have died in vain. Because the way of salvation would not be the same in both testaments, and because Christ would not be a perfect Savior. Question answer 63. But do our good works earn nothing, even though God promises to reward them in this life and the next? The answer, this reward is not earned. It is a gift of grace. So Sinus again refutes the papists, the Roman Catholic Church, their understanding of justification before God on account of our works and merits. Reward, they say, presupposes merit, so that where the one is, there the other must be also, for they are linked. So Orsinus answers that it is meritorious to which a reward is attached by obligation, but the reward of good works is according to grace. Another objection is since we are justified by faith, faith is a work, therefore we are justified by works. And Ursinus answers, therefore we are justified by that work, which we grant, if understood in the sense of an instrument or means, and not as the Catholic Church understands it, or as he says the papists. For we are justified by faith, they say, as a means, but not for, nor account of it. The third objection is that by which we are formally made righteous. Faith is our righteousness. 
Therefore, we are formally made righteous by faith. Ursinus answers, we deny the consequence which is here drawn, because the term faith, as used in the syllogism, must be understood in a different sense in the major and minor propositions. He's just talking, logically speaking, the first and the second propositions, or else it is not true. For properly speaking, it is not faith, but the object of faith, or that which faith apprehends not apply and applies to himself which is the merit of Christ that constitutes our righteousness. The fourth objection states that we are counted righteous in view of that which is imputed unto us for righteousness. Faith is imputed unto us for righteousness. Therefore, we are counted righteous on account of our own righteousness. Ursinus replies, if understood evangelically in that historic orthodox sense, having respect to the merits of Christ, it is true. For the merit of Christ is the correlative, it is linked to faith, and is apprehended by it as an instrument. You'll see a big emphasis on instrument of faith versus the means. The fifth objection is evil works condemn, therefore good works must justify. Or Sinus answers, but evil works are wholly evil, while good works are only imperfectly good so that these two declarations cannot be opposed to each other in the form in which they are here placed. The sixth objection is he who does righteously is righteous. And he cites 1 John 3, 7. Therefore, we are justified by works. Ursinus re responds again by saying, John does not speak of the manner in which we become righteous, but declares who are righteous. As if he would say, he that is regenerated is also justified. Because by doing righteousness, he gives evidence that he is justified. The seventh objection is when Christ said to Mary, her sins, which are many, were forgiven because she loved much. Therefore, love is the cause of our justification. Ursinus responds beautifully to end this exposition by saying, Christ concludes that because Mary loved much and had a deep sense of her indebtedness to God for his mercy, that she must have received the forgiveness of many sins. That this is the meaning of Christ is evident from the parable itself. Question answer 64. The last one. Does this teaching not make people careless and wicked? Answer, no. It is impossible that those grafted into Christ by true faith, should not bring forth fruits of thankfulness? This is a huge question that is asked of the Reformed Church. We place so much emphasis on justification by faith. Doesn't that make people want to do bad things because they feel justified? And here's Ursinus' exposition. He says, this question is designed to meet the slander which the papists, the Roman Catholic Church, bring against the doctrine of justification by faith in which they affirm that it is calculated to make men careless and profane. Ursinus gives 13 quick objections and answers to this exposition. The first, the papers object. They say they affirm that this is calculated to make men careless and profane. Ursinus very simply says what God commanded must be taught. Evil by accident must indeed be abandoned. The second objection, the scriptures do not teach that we are justified by faith alone. 
And he says, but the scriptures do most clearly teach that we are justified by faith alone, as touching the sense of this doctrine. For they declare that we are justified freely by grace, without the works of the law, without the law, not of ourselves, not by works of righteousness, but which we have done, and that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. The third objection, that which is not alone does not justify. Faith is not alone. Therefore, it does not justify alone. And he says, a faith that remains alone does not justify, but it necessarily occurs. The faith that is true does bear the fruit of righteousness in works. Fourth objection, faith alone does not justify the requirements of the law. Good works are required. Therefore, faith is not without good works. So faith does not justify alone. And he says, faith does not indeed justify without these things which are required in those who are justified. But although it never exists alone and is always joined by what, with love by which it works, yet it alone justifies is the act of embracing and applying to itself the merits of Christ. Fifth objection, where many things are required, we cannot use exclusive particles just to say faith. Good works are required in addition to faith. Therefore, it is not by faith alone. He says, faith is necessary as the means by which we apprehend the righteousness of Christ, whilst good works are necessary as the evidence of our faith and gratitude. Sixth objection. Those justified by two things are not justified by one alone. We are justified by two things, faith and the merits of Christ. Therefore, we are not justified by faith alone. And Rosina says, we are justified by faith as that which apprehends the righteousness of Christ, while the merits of Christ are the formal cause of righteousness. And that's such a huge difference a huge distinction to make, faith apprehending the righteousness and that giving us the power to do good works. Objection seven, knowledge does not justify, faith is knowledge. Therefore, faith does not justify. Ursina says, but justifying faith does not merely include a certain knowledge, but also an assured confidence by which as a means, we apply to ourselves the merits of Christ. Objection eight, James 2.24, that famous verse, says it is not by faith alone. Therefore, faith alone does not justify. Ursina says, in a word, if the term justify, as used by the Apostle James, is understood properly of justification before God, then the term faith signifies a dead faith. And if we understand the faith here spoken of as true or justifying faith, then the ambiguity in it is the word justify. Objection nine, it's necessary to do what is not required by justification, such as good works. Therefore, they're required in our justification. He says, good works, although they are not required of our justification, are nevertheless necessary to show our gratitude and the glory of God. Objection 10, the work of Phineas is counted to him as righteousness. This is in Psalms, I believe, 106. Therefore, we are justified by works. He says, this, however, is the wrong interpretation of the passage alluded to. For the sense is that God approved of his work, but not that he was justified on account of it. Objection 10. Ten crowns, or objection 11. 
10 crowns are parts of the 100 crowns of payment of a debt. Therefore, works are a certain part of our righteousness before God. He says, God, however, cannot receive our good works as part of our righteousness, because there is no hope of perfect satisfaction being made by us, while the law condemns the slightest imperfection. Objection 12. The righteousness which Christ accomplished is, according to Daniel, everlasting. That which is imputed to us is not everlasting. Therefore, the righteousness of Christ is not imputed to us. He says, the righteousness imputed to us is everlasting, both by perpetual continuation of imputation in this life and by the perfection of that righteousness which is begun in us, each of which is the righteousness of the Messiah and will be everlasting. For God forever delights in us on account of, his, of Christ, his Son. And objection number 13, last one. The Lord is our righteousness, therefore we are justified by God himself dwelling in us, our righteousness. He says, the righteousness which, with which God justifies us is not in us, nor is it God himself dwelling in us, for he would then be an accident to the creature. It is accounted to us on behalf of Christ's obedience and resurrection. Thank you for listening to Guilt, Grace, Gratitude podcast. The catechism for today, Saturday, Lord's Day, number 24. We will be back on regular schedule next week. And get excited for Monday's podcast with Dr. G.K. Beal of Westminster Theological Seminary in Philadelphia. He will be speaking about amillennialism, the reformed approach to eschatology. So get excited about that. And then next Saturday for book club, we have Dr. Erwin Entz, the former moderator of the PCA. He's also a pastor in Washington, D.C. His book, The Beautiful Community, Diversity and Unity in the Church. We hope to see you guys next week on the Guilt, Grace, Gratitude podcast. Bye. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Guilt, Grace, Gratitude podcast, where we bridge the gap to reformed theological truth. Please subscribe to us on your podcast catcher. Review us. Give us five stars. Help others find this podcast through your review. Find us on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to follow us there, keep up with our updates and who we're interviewing next and a couple quotes that you guys might find really enriching. We hope to see you guys next week.